Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad about it. God bless you. So good to have you with us this morning. I pray that you are standing to your feet already, ready to worship the Lord. That's right, in your personal sanctuary. Go ahead and give the Lord a great big hand of praise. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we're glad about it. Go ahead and share this feed with your neighbors, with your friends. Let them know that Pay Chapel is online, live right now this morning. Coming from 1000 West Ridgeway Street, right into your home, right into your apartment, right into your sanctuary where we've come to worship and lift up the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Listen, there are a whole lot of things that I'm not sure about, but I'm sure of this. I'm sure that I'm a child of God. I'm sure that God has got the whole world in his hands. I'm sure, I'm sure that he still sits high and he still looks low. And I've got some blessed assurance on this morning. Come on and let's worship him this morning with this old time hymn. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Let's sing together, y'all. Blessed. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Heir of salvation. Purchased. Purchased of God. Born of his spirit. Born of his spirit. Washed. Washed in his Come blood. on, everybody sing this. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. Perfect submission. Yes. Perfect on my side, angels, angels descending, bring from above, echoes of mercy, echoes of mercy. Christmas. Christmas, come on everybody say, this is, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, this is my story. Raising my Savior all the day. Perfect submission. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting. Looking above. Song. Praising, my praising my Savior, praising my Savior, 
is coming now. 15th verse, and it reads, Put on therefore the leg of God, holy in love and bowels in mercy, kindness and humbleness of mind, mercy, long-suffering. Forbid one another and forgive and one another. If any man have a quorum against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also do ye. Above all those things, put on charity, which is the bound of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let us pray. This morning, Almighty God, we come in the name of Jesus. With thanksgiving in our hearts. Excellent, if thou would please bless right now. Somebody love the Lord. Bless right now, and know like you. No other can bless like you. Do you really Father, love the Lord? Father, well, thank you, you for watching over us. Enable us to come to this day, a day that we've never seen before, and a day that we'll never see again. Asking right now that you bless right now this congregation, K's Chapel. Bless our pastor, Almighty God, in a mighty way. Let him down in the deep of the Holy Spirit so he might be able to continue to lead your people, which you have put him in charge to be the pastor of. Thank you. Almighty God for his knowledge. Thank you for his leadership. Thank you for his family. Thank you for everything that's surrounding him. We pray that your grace and mercy be with him at all time. Lord Jesus, please bless right now as we, this country is going through difficult times. Father, we realize you are in control. We put our trust and faith in you. Without you, we cannot do nothing. Get blessed right now in the name of Jesus that you put your love on around our leaders that we elect to make decisions for us. Father, anoint them so they might be able to make the right decision and do the right thing. Father, enable our hearts to be understanding that whichever you have us to do, however you have us to do, that you, that our hearts be able to accept, accept anything that you put upon us to do. Well, thank you, Almighty God. We're not asking you to move in and strife or anything in our past. Listen, We're asking that thou will give us strength to endure whatever come in our past. Bless right now, Almighty God, the ones who do not know the parcel of sin. Bless my Almighty God, the ones who are in bed of affliction in the sick room. Father, please be a doctor in the midst of them. Bless those who are, who are dealing with coronavirus, Almighty God. Put your love and arms around them. Let them just touch the hem of your garment so they could be made whole. Thank you, we don't ever have to elect or re-elect a God. That he is king of kings. He is lord of lords. My God, my God, my God. And listen, he was king yesterday. <laughs> he's king today. And he's king forevermore. I, I know we just elected a new president, but we don't ever have to go through a re-election of our God. He's king now. He's king forever. 
he's king forevermore. Does anybody love him this morning? Anybody know him this morning? Can we just declare this morning our love for our king, the love for our Lord. He's king of kings, he's Lord, and we love you this morning, God. You are forever and forever our king. Come on, let's sing it like we made it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you forever. I love, I love you forever. With all my heart, with all my heart. you're my king. Can't nobody dethrone you, Lord. Forever, forever you're my Can't nobody vote you out of office. Forever, 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 forever. You don't ever have to run a, a campaign to get my love, Lord. I love you forever, 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 forever. times in the bad times in all times tell him one more time make it real sweet tell him in your house in your home forever go on and give the Lord a hand of praise go on and give him a hand of praise hallelujah hallelujah Forever, yes. you're my king. Hallelujah.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, it's giving time now. We want you to prepare your gifts, your offerings. If you've already given, God bless you. Thank you for doing that so faithfully and so regularly and so cheerfully. We want to remind you, those who have not given, there are any number of ways that you can do so. You can do so by way of the K-Chapel app. You can give by texting the number that's on your screen. As always, you can drop your offering off at the office or mail it. But whatever you do, make sure that you give so liberally, regularly and cheerfully, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Ms. Mandy is here this morning. Amen. Come on. Y'all put some thumbs up and some hearts in that, in that chat line. Ms. Mandy is going to bless us this morning. Come on, y'all.
pray deeply. This morning, Almighty God, I want to thank you for these gifts. I want to thank you for the ones who gave. I want to thank you for one who did not have to give. Father, we pray that it might be used for the upbuilding your kingdom here on earth. Father, thank you for the ones, Almighty God, that's in standing need. Father, pray that our hearts and our minds be a thanksgiving so we might be the ones who have might be able to share that good blessing. Thank you for enabling us to give. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Listen, what a week. Amen. What a week it has been in our nation. Amen. And uh, we've gone through a lot over the last few days. But thank you for the reminder, Ms. Mandy, that Christ is all. He is everything. Everything that we need. Everything that we, in whom we trust. He is our all in our all. And thank God that one day on Calvary, he proved his love for us in that he did it all for us. Pat is coming now for our message and song just as we prepare for the spoken word. And Lord bless you. Have you any rivers that you think are uncrossable? And have you any? But I'm here to tell you today <laughs> that God 
specializing. Help yourself, help yourself. And all those things <laughs> yeah, yeah. that seem so impossible. And I know he'll do with no other Holy Ghost power can do. God, oh, he specializes. God, oh, he specializes. If your body. specializes God specializes in impossible things <laughs> he specializes that, that, that he, he he can handle what nobody else can he specializes hallelujah my God my God what 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 a word this morning that whatever we're dealing with it is not too hard for God. In fact, it's just right for God. Because that's the kind of stuff that he specializes in. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. From the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter number 3, verses 12 through 15, read earlier in your hearing by Deacon Owens, these words are recorded from the Apostle Paul. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. 
Above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. I want to talk this morning from the subject, a sure election. A sure election. On Tuesday of last week, citizens of our nation braved various conditions, multitude of contexts, to exercise the franchise and lift up their voices to vote. Even in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, American citizens, by and large, showed up at the polling places masked and ready to cast their ballots and vote their values, their hopes, and their conscience. And after doing so for three and a half days, Mandy the Nation watched with nervous anticipation as the results from five battleground states trickled in at a painstaking pace before Pennsylvania on yesterday secured the presidency for now president-elect Joe Biden. Court challenges are likely to be submitted. Recounts in certain states are almost certain. Conspiracy theories have been circulating since before Election Day intended to cast doubt upon its validity. However, 145 million people have now had their say about our national leadership. And, and once all of the votes have been certified and the Electoral College casts its votes on December 14th, another presidential election will have come to an end and a new path forward will begin. And my prayer that our nation will begin to heal from a divide, a divide that obviously was not created by Donald Trump, but was certainly exploited by him. Hopefully, the rising temperatures of racial hostility and tribalism oftentimes intentionally heightened and willfully encouraged by this president can now be strategically lowered and the uncivil and inappropriate behavior and language coming from the highest office of our nation will now find the kinds of models that we have come to expect of those who occupy this office. Now I ask that you join me praying that President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris will lead our nation with clear vision and steady resolve through the challenges we now face and those that are perched on the national horizon. I also encourage you to pray for a peaceful and productive transition that is void of any sabotage or chicanery that would impede the necessary advancement of our nation. This is the way of national elections. You win some, you lose some. And we have come to see over 
the course of the last few elections that this thing can sometimes be messy. It can sometimes be drawn out. But there is good news for us from this text this morning because there is another election, a different election that is not nearly as messy or suspenseful but is certainly more consequential than the one that we just witnessed. There's another election in this text that has consequences beyond taxes and retirement, consequences beyond deficits and national defense, consequences beyond stock options and states' rights. There's another election. And unlike this national election where 145 million people had their say-so, the election that is written of in today's text has only one voter in the electorate. And this one vote, this one vote cannot be changed or challenged by any opposing parties. This one vote cannot be ruled on by any other deciding body. It's a vote whose count cannot be suspended, a vote whose results cannot be overturned by any higher court. It cannot be questioned or put to a recount. There are no term limits associated with this vote because this vote was cast before the foundations of the earth. This vote was made by one who knew you before you were knitted in your mother's wombs. This vote was cast in the beginning and it will remain until the ending. This vote was cast by the one who spoke everything into existence and now holds the whole world in the hollow of his hands. And the good news this morning is that unlike any other election, we don't have to wait for the results of this election because this vote was sanctioned by the Father, signed and certified by the Savior, and it has been sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And this vote is automatically renewed morning by morning by morning. How? Because new mercies I see every morning this vote's results are in effect. So while we may celebrate the results of our national election, I want to celebrate this morning another election. Another election that is a sure election, election in which we can have confidence and assurance, blessed assurance, Pat, for two reasons. Number one, because the only vote cast in this election is cast by the creator of the universe. That's the first reason. The creator of the universe cast his vote in this election that we celebrate in the text. But then the second reason we can have confidence and assurance in this election of the text is because, watch this, hear me, you and I are the only ones who can disqualify his election of us. I'm going to say it again. Listen to it. You are the only one that can disqualify your, his election of you. People can question it but they can't disqualify. People can talk about it, but they can't do anything about it. God elected you. God elected me to be his own, and it does not matter who does not like it. I'm his child. You're his child. It does not matter what they say about it. I'm his child. You're his child. It does not matter what they bring up in my past. I'm his child. You're his child. Nobody can overturn his election. Nobody has the power to do anything about his election except you. What this text reminds us of this morning is that because we are the elect of God, 
as those who have been called by Christ and saved by the Savior, that we must live the kind of lives and demonstrate the kinds of disciplines that don't disqualify our having been elected. Let me say it this way. We are the only ones, listen to me, we are the only ones who can either invalidate or validate the Lord's election of us into the family of God. You are the only one, listen, you are the only one who can give proof. You are the only one who can qualify the vote that God has made concerning you. You are the only one, you are the only one who can certify, watch this. You qualify, listen to me, you qualify yourself as being the elect of God, watch this, by taking off the old man and putting on the new man. That's what this chapter in Colossians is all about. Listen to how it begins in the very first verse of, of chapter 3. It says, if ye then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Watch that. He says, if. You are risen with Christ. Paul says, if you are saved, if you are washed, if you are changed, if you are set free, if you are born again, if you are a child of God, then there are some things that ought to follow that then validate and verify the vote and qualify your calling and authenticate your election into the family of God. There's some things, watch this, there's some things that ought to, you ought to exemplify that validate God's vote concerning you. What are those things? Four things. You know, I gave you two points uh, last Sunday, so I owe you another point this Sunday, so I got four points this Sunday. Uh, number one, number one, first of all, we must be clothed in the character of Christ. Clothed in the character of Christ. It's in the text, verse 12. I'm not making it up. There it is. Verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The fact that this text, watch this, the fact that this text begins with the word therefore lets you know that what's about to come is predicated upon what has already been said. And what comes before is what Paul uh, reminding us that we are new creatures in Christ who should then live differently. We should think differently. We should speak differently. We should relate to one another differently. We should respond to each other differently. Therefore, as God's chosen people, therefore, since you've been saved, as his chosen people, as the elect of God, he says, now, since you, watch this, and, and I love the fact that he says, you are, watch this, uh, Brother David, he says, you are his chosen people. That, that means, watch this, he had a choice. He didn't have to, but he looked at you and he intentionally said, I want that one. He looked at you and intentionally pointed you out and said, I want him to be my son. I want her to be my daughter. It was intentional. It was purposeful. And as the elect of God, Paul says that our responsibility is to validate his vote concerning you by clothing yourselves in the character of Christ. 
What is the character of Christ, Paul? Paul says, clothe yourself with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness. Clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with gentleness and patience. If you have been saved, if you have been redeemed, if you have been born again, if you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, if you have been risen with Christ, then you ought to be clothed and covered with his character. It means you ought to have compassion with people. That's how you make your election sure. You ought to be kind to people. That's how you make your election sure. You ought to be humble around people. That's how you make your election sure. You ought to be gentle with people and patient with people. That's how you make your election sure. Folk ought not have to wonder if you're a child of God. They ought to be able to see how you treat them that testifies and quantifies and qualifies you as his own. Number two, number two, how do you validate God's vote concerning you as a child of his? By being faithful in forgiving those who offend you. Be faithful in forgiving those who offend you. It's in the text. I'm not making it up. Verse 13 says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Watch this. If you're going to make your election into the family of God, sure, then you must faithfully forgive those who offend you. You, watch this, you disqualify your election when you live in unforgiveness. Look at what it says. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Forgive, Paul says, as Christ forgave you. And, and listen, he, he didn't just forgive you one time. Don't, 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 don't start counting because you couldn't, you couldn't tabulate it. You couldn't calculate it. He, he forgave you yesterday. He, he forgave you day before. He, he forgave you when you came to him. He, he forgave you as you walk with him. He, he forgives you in the things that you haven't done. He, he forgives you. And I need to tell somebody, and I wish you would type it in the text right now, stop being stingy with your forgiveness. You, you need to stop being so stingy with how you forgive people. What, what makes you think that you can hold on to your forgiveness and, 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 and make folk uh, need to beg you to be forgiven? Stop being so stingy with how you forgive folk. The Apostle Paul says, forbear one another, forgive one another. That is to say, show patience with one another and practice pardoning each other. Extend mercy to each other. I'm convinced, Pat, I'm convinced that some of us, some of us would have to forgive people less if we were not so easily offended. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach it anyhow, whether you say amen or not. S some of us would have to forgive less if we were not so thin-skinned. If, if, if everything that somebody did or said didn't offend us. You, you mad because they spoke to you. You mad because they didn't speak to you. You, you mad because of how they spoke to you. You so easily offended. You, you mad because they didn't call your name. You mad because they mispronounced your name when they called your name. You so easily offended. Everything offends you. 
I wish I had some good Baptist folk watching this morning who would go to their church covenant where it says that we engage, therefore, to be slow to take offense and always ready for reconciliation, being mindful of the rules of the Savior in the 18th chapter of Matthew to secure it without delay. Stop being so easily offended by every little thing that doesn't go your way. If you're going to make your election sure, you've got to be faithful in forgiving people and not being so easily offended in the first place. The model prayer given to us by our Lord includes these words, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus teaches forgiveness to his disciples in the parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18. But forgiveness is not only taught by Christ, but it is demonstrated by Christ when he hangs on Calvary's cross looking at his offenders and saying to his father in his dying breath, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If you're going to make your election sure, you must be faithful in forgiving those who offend you. Number three, number three. Number three, be consistent in your capacity to love. Be consistent in your capacity to love. Listen to Paul in verse 14. Above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Put on charity. Here it is. Paul reminds us of something that he writes to the church at Corinth in that 13th chapter of the first letter to the church at Corinth. Corinth in first Corinthians he says he says listen uh, though though I speak he says though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity he says I am become as tinkling brass tinkling cymbal and sounding brass he says listen in other words if I don't have love I could speak in all kinds of tongues I could put on a sanctified face you know that sanctified face you wear. You can get real spiritual and look like you've been caught up. You can do all of the antics and theatrics of spirituality. Paul says, but if I don't have love, if I don't have love in my heart for my fellow man, if I don't have love in my heart for my sister, for my brother, if I don't have love in my heart for my cousin. See, because we're quick to talk about brothers and sisters, but yeah, that cousin, you know the one I'm talking about. If I don't have love in my heart for Ray Ray and Ron Ron, y'all ain't talking to me in here. If I don't have love in my heart, come on and talk to me here. He said, I, I, I can go to church, I can read my Bible, I, I can have my Sunday school commentary, I can have my Kate altar box with my water, my oil, my candle, I can do all those things, but if I don't have love, I'm just tinkling cymbal and sounding brass. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I can move mountains, if I don't have charity or love, I am nothing. I'm nothing. And so, if we're going to prove and validate the vote that God has placed concerning us as his children, we must be consistent in our capacity to love. 
That's what Jesus says. He says in John 13 and 35, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. It is not your ability to quote scripture. It's your ability to be compassionate. It is not your ability to sing until the rafters rejoice. It is your ability to wrap arms of love around those who have felt disaffected. It is not your ability to exegete a text and to give commentary in Aramaic languages. It is your ability, yes, to say to your brother and your sister, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Do I have a witness here? Yes. Jesus teaches in Matthew 5 and 43. He says, you've heard it said that thou should love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And then he answers the question why he wants you to do this in verse 45. Why do I need to love my enemies? Why do I need to bless them that curse me? Why do I need to? Why? Because that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. You validate the father's vote when you love your enemies when you love them which hate you. And then he goes on and says, listen, it ain't no big thing for you to love folk who love you. It ain't no big thing for you to be nice to folk who are nice to you. No need of you asking the Lord to remember how good you've been to folk who've been good to you. Jesus says, it ain't no big thing. He says, even the publicans know. Not republic. He said, publicans. He said, even the publicans know how to be good to folk who've been good to them. He, he said, he said but, but it takes a special kind to know how to love folk who've been hating on you. It takes a special kind to bless folk who've been trying to tear you down. It takes a special kind to do good for folk who, who've been digging plots for you. It takes a special kind to pray for folk who've been persecuting you. It takes a special kind. Lastly, I'm through. Here's your bonus point for the day. Number four, if you're going to validate God's vote, you must be at peace with all people. Be at peace. I need you to insert all in your notes. It's not on the screen. Be at peace with all people. Be at peace with all people. The Lord just gave me that all as I was preaching. Because, you know, sometimes we decide which people we're going to be at peace with. But we need to be at peace with all people. Paul encourages us. Make our election sure by being at peace with all people. And listen to me, because here is where the Christian church in America is particularly challenged this morning. As we enter into a new chapter of our history. Because the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of damage 
has been done in this nation. There's a lot of damage that has been done within the body of Christ with the election of Donald Trump in 2016. The consistent support of evangelicals for Trump despite the incongruency of his behavior and character with Christian values has done much to distance and in many cases sever relationships between black and white Christians. Because for so long, we heard white evangelicals preach about the importance of strong family values. We heard them teach about the importance of character and having a moral compass and electing such people into offices of leadership. None of which this president has demonstrated. And we watched. We watched in 2016 when 81% of white evangelicals voted for him and virtually did the same this year. And this disassociation with or this compartmentalization of faith for political gains and judicial seats on the Supreme Court and around the country is tantamount to selling a birthright for a bowl of pottage. Question now is how do you get along with people who've done you like that? Hear me, the question is not how do you get along with people who think differently from you or who disagree with you because mature Christians understand that the world is bigger than us. Mature Christians don't expect for everybody to think like us and to do like us and to vote like us. That's not the issue. The question is, how do you live at peace with people who have convinced you that you matter to them, but who have shown you that their politics matter more? How do you live at peace with people who have preached that morals matter, that character matters? that truth matters. And then they overwhelmingly support someone who does not demonstrate any of those characteristics. How do you live at peace with people who have called you brother and sister but have at the same time voted against your interests, your needs, and your ability to move ahead? How do you live at peace with people who claim to love you but are not willing to denounce the wrongs done by their political candidate? And here's what you must understand. Living at peace does not mean living in quiet. I think sometimes we think that because everything's quiet that we're at peace. Sometimes they call that a cold war. We tend to think that the absence of noise is the indication of peace. But oftentimes peace, my brothers and sisters, is the direct result of compassionate and conscientious confrontation. 
Christians are not supposed to just see wrong and ignore it or see wrong and say nothing about it. There is a time and a place for everything, and there is a time to speak up. There is a time to stand up. There is a time to speak truth to power, and there is a time to disrupt the status quo. Only in faithfully doing that will true peace between people exist. What does that mean? It means holding people accountable for their votes. It means challenging one another to think beyond our own self-interest. It means reminding one another of the responsibility that we have been given to put the needs of others before ourselves. And when it isn't happening, being willing to call it out in grace, love, and power. Living in peace does not mean that I have to lay down my beliefs, my hopes, my agenda, and my intentions so that others get their way. But living in peace with others is teaching and learning from one another. It's learning to align myself with the causes of others and living for something beyond myself and beyond my own. Living in peace is being willing to consider the other side, being willing to walk in another's shoes, explore another's reality so that you have a more informed view of the world. Because hear me, the world is bigger than our small political spheres. It's bigger than our national politics. It's bigger than our geographical boundaries. The world is bigger than our cultural vantage points. It's bigger than our tribal experiences. The world is bigger than our daily realities. So often in this country, we, we think that the world starts at California and stops in Carolina. The world is bigger than America. It's bigger than our agenda. It's bigger than one political party. That's why I was glad to hear, and I'm through, but that's why I was glad to hear President-elect Biden say on yesterday that even though he is a Democrat, that he plans to be an American president. In other words, we as a nation should not let our politics pull us apart. There should be something about us that at the end of the day and at the end of an election that we can rally together and work together to make this nation a better nation. Yes, that is a tall order for this country. It's even a taller order for the church as it now exists. But Mike, I'm convinced that the scriptures are true. And with God, all things are possible. Repairing this breach will be a long journey and a heavy lift. But I have to believe that it's possible. If I preach about forgiveness, Lord, you got to work with this old heart of mine. Because I've been hurt in this thing. Folk who I call friends, I got to work on forgiving. I'm just, I'm just being transparent. I know, I know you don't have to work on that. That's just me. But watch this. I'm willing to do the work. And I'm willing to let the Lord work on me. And I'm glad, Mandy, that he specializes. Because I need a specialist to work on this heart but all things are possible
And here's how I know it's possible, y'all. I'm through. Here it is. Last verse. When I read these words that I leave with you today, the hope from the Apostle Paul who writes in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Listen to that. Ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. It lets me know that even when you've been hurt, that God can heal all hurts and he can repair all breaches. I'm glad this morning that God elected us. But this morning, there's another choice that you have to make. And I want to pray this morning that you who don't know him, that you will elect him to be your Lord and your Savior, that you would choose him to be your King and your God, that you would make Jesus your choice. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray that you open someone's heart to hear in this moment of decision. That while nations can choose presidents, that we must personally choose our saviors, our kings, our redeemers. And God, thank you for Jesus Christ, who shed his blood and gave his life, that we might be your children. God, right now, I pray for someone who needs to know you in the pardon of their sin. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you who needs to know the Lord, won't you pray this prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I open my heart and I'm making you my choice. I believe Jesus to be the Son of God. I believe he rose again from the dead and died on a cross and rose again from the dead. And right now, by faith, I accept him as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Listen, if you made that choice this morning, call the number that's on your screen. There's somebody who wants to talk with you right now, give you next steps that you might live out this faith, this new life as a new creature in Christ. You made the choice. Now make the call. We're waiting to hear from you right now. Say that. Have houses on land. Some folk choose silver or gold. These things they trade.
thank you this morning thank you for being with us through another national election thank you oh God for the integrity of the vote and for protecting its integrity thank you Lord for protecting citizens who voted the poll workers the poll watchers those who are counting the votes even steal. Thank you, O oh God, for protecting the candidates and their families. And Lord, we pray now that as we have decided our next president, O oh God, that we would be the nation that you have ordained us to be. A nation whose Lord is God. God, we pray that the bitter divides would be repaired. We pray, O oh God, that that which is unlike you, unlike your will and unlike your way, O oh God, that it would be pushed aside that more of your will for your people, for the flourishing of humanity, for the good of people, for the lifting of the oppressed, for the good of the nation. Lord, we pray that your justice and your righteousness would flow like a mighty stream. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Be with us guide us and protect us. All 300 million plus of us. But Lord, let us not be so small in our thinking to assume that the world revolves around us. But Lord, let us be concerned about our brothers and sisters across seas, around this world, God, show us how to be a better nation, a better people, 
that your will would be done. Use us in spite of ourselves in Jesus' name. And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. The road is rough and the going gets tough and the hills are hard to climb. I started out a long time ago. My mind.